Well, Keisha, welcome to Badge Educators. We're excited that you're here. My name is Heath Lumen. I've been a teacher for over 20 years, and I'm joined by my friend Penny. Uh, and I'm Penny Foy. I am actually a retired elementary school principal. I retired in January of this year from the Ori County School System in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina. I, too, was a former um, teacher of elementary, second grade, fourth grade, and middle school, sixth grade. So, oh, yeah, yeah, got, got baptized very well there. But we, we just wanted to have some time to talk with you and just excited to have you on board. So welcome to Badge Educators. Thank you for having me. Um, I guess I can give you guys a little bit about me. I am officially a, this is my second year teaching, but I've been in the school system. Um, December 1st makes nine years. I started out, well, yeah, I started out coaching track and field um, and I left a job making twice as much as what I'm making now because I just wanted something that kind of coincided with um, my kids' schedule. And by me coaching, I was like, okay, I'm gravitating more towards kids. Like I did investment banking and banking. And I'm like, okay, the more I talk to adults, the more I really enjoy kids. Um, and <laughs> we'll be on track meets and going away. And I found myself saying, you don't know your colors? Okay, what color are their spikes? What color are their... And one of the girls was like, have you ever thought about education? I was like, uh, no, I don't want to teach. Hence, fast forward. 10 years later, here I am teaching. Even when I was in the school system, I said, I don't want to teach. I just want to be like a counselor, a social worker. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I just rather teach. I don't want to be a counselor or a social worker. Teaching and what grade level? I teach in Gifford County, um, Reedy Fork Elementary School, and I teach first grade. And I don't think I would have it any other way. I, I too, dipped my foot in middle school. As a substitute, I did a long-term position. And you'll know how long this has been. It was life skills then. And they've since done away with that. And I would do EC. And I was like, oh, I want to be an EC teacher. I did a long-term sub-position before being hired. And I I practically like help piece all of the IEP paperwork. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love working with um, EC kids. And I transitioned into an EC pre-K teacher assistant. And I was like, okay, this is a different world of EC. But I just noticed how um, being in there, uh, they were like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. And I'm like, well, why not? They're students like everybody else. Why can't they have PE? Why can't they go outside? Why can't they attend the assemblies? And it was like, well, we're afraid of what other kids might say. I'm like, but they're students just like everybody else. So I kind of pushed the issue of, hey, let's go to assemblies. They can, we can sit in the back. Let's kind of, let's walk down the hall. Let's just not keep them enclosed in a bubble because, you know, students need to be exposed to kids that, don't learn like them that are different as well as they need to see that their peers that are the same, but just they're different too. So, but they're all kids. So that kind of like pushed me into where I am now. Sounds like you are advocating and doing brave and daring things all over the place with people. And that is amazing. 
one thing just before we get too much farther we love to just know a little bit about the country like where you are and stuff too so if we were gonna visit your neck of the woods your area like is there anything we should do while we're in that part of the world well in the spring and fall time you should come to the international home furnishing markets everybody's heard of the home furniture markets i live in jamestown in about a week, you should come to North Carolina A&T University for a homecoming. It is an experience you'll never, ever, ever forget. It is so much fun. Like, it's so inclusive. It's a family. It's like a family reunion. Even if you didn't go, like, it's so embracing. Is Jamestown close to the University of North Carolina? It is. I am literally 15 minutes from the university. Oh, well, thanks for sharing. That's great. So, Keisha, if we were in your classroom, what is something brave that you have tried in your classroom and, and something that's gone well? Because I know teachers are all the time trying stuff. They're doing things. They're like, hey, this could be better. It sounds like you are doing that all over the place already. So we'd love to hear more about how that looks in your classroom. Well, I, I am different. <laughs> My classroom looks different. Like today, um, a lot of people, so when you're teaching first graders to subtract, of course, you teach them how to add first and then subtract. They see two numbers and they automatically want to add. And there's a funny video going around where the lady's like, Johnny had five apples. And the kid just keeps coming up with random numbers. So today, I like stood on the desk. I was like, okay. There's five of me up here, but you only see one now. But just think there's five of me. And I jump down, you know, three times or three of me jump off. Like how many people would be left? The fact that I was standing on the table, they were like, are you going to hurt yourself? But I'm very interactive. I use the kids. I use my own money. I'm like, hey, I'm giving you $10. But you want to spend $5 at the bookstore, at the um, book fair, you know, you got to pay $5. Like, you, how much money are you going to have left? Like, I I try to think outside the box because I get it. They learn differently now. Like, everybody wants to say, you know, COVID kids. And, and they have truly have been affected by COVID. So you got to think outside of the box. It's just not just up there talking all day. You got to utilize what you have. Music, the kids themselves, you name it, we do it. So you were standing on top of a table to teach yes. subtraction. Yes. Yes. Like I'm up here and if I jump down, if it was five people of me up here, if five, if three of us jumped down, how many me's would be left? And they were like, uh, okay. But they were able to visualize like five Miss Colvins up there. And if three Miss Colvins jumped down, there will only be two of her left. So, and then we, we use, I went and gave them five $1 bills. Let's buy something. You know, you want to buy candy grams. That's what we're doing now. And just, just utilizing it, each, each other, them in the classroom, just, you know, you have only five friends you can invite to a birthday party, but two of them didn't show up. Like how many friends did actually showed up? Just, I don't know. I just tried to, so they're not bored. It's like, we started like seven in the morning. So we start teaching math at 725. So you got to be on it at 725. Wow. Did you say 725? <laughs> yes. Kids come in at 7 o'clock. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Our day started pretty much at 7.30, so that's not that much difference. Well, by the time you get them in, it's more like 7.45. Keisha, um, I wanted just, so I, I noticed you were saying that you were giving your children a visual, mm-hmm. you know, just imagining seeing you on the desk. And I bet you there were no off-task behaviors, were there? <laughs> no, some of them wouldn't enjoy me, but I was like, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, I bet that principal probably paused and, and backed up <laughs> But yeah, I, I loved hearing you say how you got to tap in to what the children mm-hmm. need and make the learning fun. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Um, what I've learned is they they love music. One of my coworkers introduced something to me called Phonics Man. And if you've never heard it, it's so if you Google Phonics Man count to 100, it's where they're learning how to count to 100, but it has all the dances that the kids do. So like mm-hmm. it's, you get to 10 and they're like shooing, whatever dance that is. Um, they're dabbing, they're y'all, just whatever dances they're doing, it's incorporated. So they're excited about doing it. Um, even with letter sounds, when they get to the letter D, it's dab. When they get to the letter F, it's floss. So it's really incorporating. So it was like, are we going to work on our letter sounds today? We need a brain break. I'm like, well, after we do this. So they're excited about it. And, you know, sometimes I have people coming in. It was like, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, sorry. We're kind of having a party over here, but we're learning. But it just keeps them motivated and wanting to learn and, you know, just wanting to grow. Yeah, I can't imagine thinking back to being a student making like having such a worksheet that made a big impression on me that I'm going to remember that the rest of my life. But if my teacher would have jumped up on top of a table to explain subtraction, I'm pretty sure that would make an impact. And that would be something like, Ooh, this is important. I better pay attention. So you're tapping into that. It's really cool. I agree with that. I mean, uh, and don't wait for it, Keisha, when these children come back 10 years later and say, do you remember when can, can you do it again? Can we see? Like, so no. you better keep, keep your knees all up. <laughs> they I, will I, remember that. Yeah, I just, I don't know, because I think back to the teachers that were impactful for me. I mean, I'm 47. So when I think back to teachers that were impactful to me, counselors, I can tell you their names and I can tell you why. I'm like, I want to be that for somebody else's kid, you know, I hope someone is that for my kids. Like my kids, we talk about who do you who's impactful to you? How do you remember this teacher? What's important and why? And we just have those conversations. So, and then when you have a a, a child that sometimes struggle with reading and struggle with math, like we have to do things. We had to do things out of the box at home. So I kind of like, you know what? If this worked for my kid, let's try it here, and it works. So he's just like, mom, like, so even now he's 17. I showed him the video. He was like, oh, this is cool. Like, he was like, but I can count to a hundred because, you know, they're cool at 17. But he was like, you do this in your classroom? I'm like, yeah. So I just try to relate to kids and being an, being an athlete and coaching, you know, I hear a lot. I hear what they're saying. I hear how they kind of relate. So I just kind of bring it in to the classroom, speak their language. That's the only way I know how to do it. That's incredible. I'm so glad that you're making an impact on those first graders. That is really good stuff. I know uh, 
hearing that you were not in teaching for a long time and now in just the last couple of years you have said this is what I want to do that's that is awesome we've heard lots of stories of the other way teachers that have been going for a long time and it's just hard well teaching in general it's still hard but when you focus more as you have said on making it fun make building those relationships and making the connections and I believe you actually said speaking their language that's when you're going to see the most growth and I just want to applaud you Keisha for tapping into that because a lot of teachers don't want to do that because they might get too noisy or might get too rowdy or I'm not doing exactly what I'm supposed to do with this but once the children know that you care and you love them, and you're taking the time to make it fun and meaningful, meaningful content, you're going to get a whole lot more children meeting their goals that are set. You know, when I look at you, I'm saying you are the hope for these children. And I look at Heath, I see that. But let's face it, Keisha, there are times when it can get so challenging and overwhelming in education. You may say or have the urge to say, you know what, I don't know if this is worth it. You know, uh, little Johnny came in again today, didn't have this, didn't have that. And, and, and now I'm expected to do this. How do you encourage yourself in education to stay on the mark and encourage others? Like right now, I am in, I'm getting my master's in education. I am the team lead for first grade. I have a senior graduating high school. <laughs> um, and then the things that the district is requiring. So there are times that, and then of course, I'm very active in um, Delta Sigma Theta. So my calendar can look like a scramble board. And there are times where I'm like, I just want to win the lottery. Uh, and then I was like, would you come back to work? And I'm like, no. And then I'll come home and I'm like, I would come back to work. I really would. I, I know I would. Because one, I just can't sit home. As a team lead, you know, and some of my colleagues have been teaching longer than me. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes, you know, every day when you see that one kid that comes down the hall or whatever, and they'll just come and hug you. And they'll say, oh, I got you something. And they made something out of a piece of paper that they finally balled up on the floor. Like a little kid bought, made me a scrunchy cat out of like a little piece of paper this big. And it's like, you know what? It's all worth it. Like, and some days are hard. They're really hard. But I just think about, you know what? I, somebody was there for my kids. Somebody was there for me. So I'm not the type of person to just, turn my back on people, especially not kids. I just know this is my passion. This is my calling. So I just dig a little deeper and keep going. What about encouraging others who may say, you know what, there are better things I could do. I could go into investment banking. How would you encourage them? I would just say, you know, when you come to work, what was your initial why? Why did you start in the beginning? And if your why still includes kids, if your why still includes education, hang on to your why. Because every day it's not going to be roses. Every day it's not going to be, oh, we're skipping on tulips. Like you have to really pull and tug on your whys because some days aren't easy. You have that kid that may 
you don't know what's going on at home and he throw a desk and throw a fit and you may have to sit in the floor and say, hey, why? What's going on? And they may not tell you, but if you sit in there long enough and you truly care, they'll tell you. And then you will remember your why. Like, you know what? My why is because of you. Although every day isn't easy, just remember your why. Like, no, we don't get paid a lot of money for it, but you can't have any other profession in the world without a teacher. Well, Keisha, what is one thing that has brought you joy in the last week? So we meet on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for POCs. And we went, today is math day? Today is math day. So we went ahead and because we have all new administration, so we're like, we don't know what to expect. Let's just do this. And one thing they're focusing on now is students truly knowing, well, teachers really knowing the standards and the content that they are teaching. And as a grade level, we went ahead and looked at the benchmark assessment, the end of module assessment, put in the standards, created a rubric. So when we grade it, we can, as a grade level, look at if our kids are partially proficient, proficient, or highly proficient. And when we presented it to our curriculum facilitator, she was like, wait, what? She was like, we don't have much more to talk about. She was like, you guys are on it. And I'm like, you know, we're just, we're really pushing ourselves. And we told her, you know, we, we're stretched, but we appreciate you guys stretching us even more because it's making us better teachers. It's making us dig deeper. So I kind of walked out of there with, when my chest puffed, because I was like, first grade did that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Shows, you should be proud of that. That shows leadership, Keisha. You you guys are beginning with that end in mind, that backwards mm-hmm. curriculum mapping and knowing those standards, deconstructing them. And the more you know them, the more confident you and your team feel with sharing them with our babies. Yes. And when they see you're excited because, my gosh, someone has actually helped us to make it clear for us to get, and we can make it clear for our babies. Mm-hmm. So kudos for sharing that for a PM, personalized learning community. That's that's yeah. great, girl. I was like, she was like, she took her glasses. She was like, there's nothing else I can say. You guys, I was like, <laughs> that's got to oh, feel awesome we got to do this on that one Heath. i know i was like I myself with, with a candy bar with that one so yeah at <laughs> nine in the morning i was eating chocolate mm, feels good when you have a plan that you feel that you can work because you had a you have ownership with it mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of it mm. <laughs> Well, Keisha, thank you so much for spending some time with us, with sharing your stories. And I I hope that you keep standing on tables and making an impact on those kids and, <laughs> and doing great things. This has been awesome. When you get ready to do a backflip on the table, let me know. I'll, I'll come and watch that. <laughs> I can assure you that won't happen. <laughs> those days are definitely over. Thank you. <laughs>